From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hour three of the nightcap here on VEASAN. That gentleman right there won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, hoping one day maybe his baseball team will win a World Series like my baseball team. And maybe one day the Knights will uh, come back from four goals down. Think that's possible? Nope. Yeah, I think uh, we got ourselves a loser there. Uh, That would be the Vancouver Canucks beating the Golden Knights. A little correction. Made a uh, made a boo boo last hour. Uh, I said that the Cardinals, because they got red hot down the stretch, won the NL Central. They did not. The Brewers won the NL Central. So thank you, Ian, on Twitter. Appreciate you uh, keeping me on my toes. I remember the Cardinals. They did get red hot down the stretch, but uh, they got the wild card or one of the wild cards, uh, and the Brewers. They did win the division before ultimately bowing out in the postseason. So appreciate that. Um, so Jeff Benson, yeah, just sent a tweet out. Mm-hmm. Uh, just took a limit bet on Rom to win the Masters here at Circus Sports, which caused us to go to Rom plus ten ninety. That drug the Theo hold percentage from twelve percent up to twelve point five five percent. As such, Jeff Davis, Junk Jeff Jack. Davis is now feverishly adjusting guys out to get our hold back to the desired twelve percent number. So somebody just came in hard and heavy on John Rom to win the Masters. Jeff continued uh, here at uh, mm-hmm. at Circa. He said, "Notable movers who have found almost no takers this week: Cam Smith plus twenty twenty, Victor Hovland plus twenty eight eighty, Colin Morikawa plus twenty nine oh five, and Will Zalatoris, which is uh, plus forty four forty four. I also thoroughly enjoy." The use of every penny as we strive to get back to 12% hold. And let me tell you, it is almost impossible at that number. So, and then he said, uh, Tiger Woods, uh, they moved him back to 65 to 1. Uh, so there you go. Uh, that was. You from- better get it now. <laughs> well, they do have the best time. If you think Tiger's going to win, you're betting here. Yeah. Uh, because you don't think Tiger's going to win? Uh, no, I don't. That's a hater. A realist? One or the other. Just the news anchor. Fourth the news. I can't believe the Golden Knights. Down five one, Sean. Uh, this is bad. This is what happens. I get. I do one hockey bet, 
I follow Sean. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Fighting for their playoff lives at home, and they're getting smashed. All right, let's get Absolutely into uh, yes. some fat boys. All right, so we have uh, already talked about the quarterback position. Uh, Sean broke down both Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett. Uh, we have also taken a look at the edge rushers and uh, broke down Trevon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, and uh, went a little further down to Kayvon Thibodeau, George Karloftis. Now it's time for the big boys up front, the offensive linemen. And let's start. Who do you want to start with, Iki Aquanu or Evan Yeah, Neal? let's start with Iki Aquanu. Let okay. me first of all put some uh, context on this entire breakdown. I think that this is a top-heavy draft at the offensive line position. I do think there's a drop-off, especially when it comes to guys that I think can be starters in year one at the NFL level. But overall, there are some guys that do have what I call – enough talent to project that later in the season next year or the following year that they could be frontline guys in the National Football League. But I do think the guy that is special, the guy that I think has the most upside is Iki Aquanu, the offensive tackle from NC State. Not as long from a height standpoint as some of the other guys. He only measured at 6'4", you know, whereas as I get into Evan Neal, I mean, he's a humongous human being, but – I think Aquanu is the franchise changer. He's the guy that has the personality and the production, the talent and the killer instinct. That's why if I'm the Detroit Lions at number two, I can't pass on Aquanu. Wow. And pair him with Panay Sewell, and that puts me in a position for next year because the Lions probably will have a top five selection next year as well to then be able to – choose between Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or whoever I desire to take a quarterback, and I already have two elite linemen. Let me just interrupt you real quickly. So you said if you were the Lions, yes. you would take Iki Aquanu. Yes. If I know it, they have Panay Sewell. I know right. no, they but, both project at left tackle. So the likely, likely situation, Sean, is Aiden Hutchinson goes one, Trevon Walker's available, mm-hmm. And Iki Aquanu, that situation, you go Aquanu or Walker? Walker. Okay. Walker. Okay. But in my draft, if I'm the Jaguars, I take Trayvon Walker, Trayvon Walker, number one. Gotcha. And then I would take Aquanu, number two, if I was Detroit. Pairing with Panesu will put us in a position where we have two, what I think are going to be Pro Bowl caliber tackles for the next decade to bring a young quarterback in and protect him. You know, so he has the best opportunity to be successful. You know, Aquanu is a special person. You know, I've been told when he walks in a room, he lights the room up. And I've been told it by college evaluators, college coaches, uh, on this NC State staff, college coaches on the opposing team, uh, NFL guys that have had a chance to meet him. And I think when you're a team like Detroit, that's what you need. You not only need great players, you also have to start creating a connection between your organization and the community. And I just think Aquanu fits the bill. You know, he's the special person and player at this position. His film, I mean, he's violent. I mean, he's one of those guys you're going to laugh and joke with him off the field when he steps across that line. I mean, he turns into a pure killer. And that's what you want from an offensive lineman. He's also an elite athlete. And I think when you have a guy like Panay Sewell already sitting there on your roster who's an elite athlete, 
and you can pair him on that offensive line with another elite athlete, I mean, th there's no limit to how good I think you could be. It makes DeAndre Swift a better running back. It's going to make whoever the young quarterback that ends up in Detroit a better quarterback. But from a ceiling standpoint, I think, uh, and I can't get his name right, Wanu has a higher ceiling than the rest of the guys that I'm going to get into. So he, in my opinion, is the best offensive line prospect in this draft. I would take him as high as number two. I definitely think he goes in the top five. So Aquanu, you have him as the top offensive lineman, and we've seen that shift, really, this draft cycle, where Evan Neal was thought to be the best player. Best He's really offensive. good, too. And we're going to get to him in just yeah. a moment. Real quickly, I, I'm just curious, because recruiting is such a big part of, of football, and you see these guys – Diamonds in a rough, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So, Iki Aquanu is actually his twin brother was higher was a higher recruit than him, and he went to Notre Dame. He's a <clears> linebacker, <throat> still on the roster. Um, Aquanu was like a three star recruit. I just looked it up. Twenty four seven. He was like the six hundred and twentieth best player. How did he get to here? Well, a lot of times physically they change so much. Like when you're looking at you know sixteen, seventeen year olds in high school. They don't look like they're going to look when they're 20, 21 years old, especially after going from a lot of times, especially in most of the public school systems around the country, outside the state of Texas. I mean, you're not dealing with real programs. You're just dealing with football teams. So they're probably lifting on their own. They're eating whatever they can get their hands on. There's not like a nutrition plan. And all of a sudden they get to a, you know, power five program and that all changes and you start to you know, really grow into, you know, what you're capable of physically. So, to me, that's the greatest enhancer for most guys when a guy goes from, you know, not being being, being basically unknown, you know, to, to, you know, for instance, the guy that I'm going to get to a little bit later from Northern Iowa, uh, Trevor, you know, Penning, he put on 100 pounds from the time he got to college to what's going to be the draft here, you know, in, in two weeks in April. So, the, the body evolves and changes so much. And then to be honest, Tim, it's not a lot of really good talent evaluators out there in college. It's a lot of guys that know a lot of people and they take other people's opinions. But, you know, I've been on staffs where if I put 15 offensive line up there, very few people in that offensive staff room can adequately evaluate, you know, and differentiate between those guys. So the height, you mentioned Evan Neal, who we'll get to, and I want to save him to the other side of the break because mm -hmm. I want to give you – Room to breathe. To put it in perspective, Evan Neal measured at 6'7". Right. Charles Cross measured at 6'5". Icky measured at 6'4". So does that worry you at all? It doesn't because he's such a, a plus athlete and he plays with plus physicality. So as a... I'd like him to be 6'6". Projected left tackle, does he worry you there at 6'4"? You're, you're the Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, with I'm okay with that because I think that's the beauty of him going to Detroit, is you figure out between him and Panay what fits the best, you know, because you have two plus athletes playing the tackle position. So a lot of times you can move those guys around, and, you know, as long as you give them time, they're, they're good enough athletes to adjust. And when you look at the odds right now, so Aquano has moved to the favorite. He's minus 140 to be the first offensive lineman drafted. You said Evan Neal, really good. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to his tape uh, in just a little bit. But when you watch them side by side, if you were in a, a front office right now, how close is it? Or is it pretty clear that Aquano should go ahead? Well, I just think it's it's – Evan's more – Position versatile because he's played multiple positions. He's played guard too. Well, he's had to yeah. at Alabama. Right. He's been behind Alex Leatherwood and yeah. you know these other guys. So you know, Icky's not dealing with that at, at NC State. So he's pretty much you know stayed in the same spot. But I just think the ceiling on Icky is higher. And I think they're both Pro Bowlers, but I think Icky could be like one of those once in a lifetime because of the off the field intangibles and attributes he brings to the table as well. All right, Ikki Aquanu, uh, that would be Sean's number one tackle. And if Sean were doing the draft, it would be Trevon Walker one, Ikki Aquanu going to Detroit at two. Evan Neal, where will he ultimately land? How does he grade out via Sean breaking down the tape? We'll do that next right here on the Nightcap. is the nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, L.A., New York, Philly, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Alongside former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, former USF coach, Sean King. I am yeah. Tim Murray. Former agent, right? You spent a little time as an agent? Yeah, I did. Really? Yeah. How was that? Didn't like it? It's terrible. <laughs> uh, I'm not built for that. Chasing kids around, yeah, that's not my thing. <laughs> uh, we just broke down Iki Aquanu. That is Sean's number one offensive lineman. Um, at 6'4", as we mentioned, is there a chance he gets bumped inside? No. Okay, why? Unless he was, unless the NFL draft was like the NBA draft, and it was a lottery, mm-hmm. and some borderline playoff team that, you know, it's the Chargers who just took Sean Slater. Yeah, right. Right. You know, only in that kind of situation okay. and scenario. Okay. So you have Ikki Aquanu rated higher than Evan Neal. We're going to get 1A, to, 1B. We're going to get to Evan Neal in yeah. just a second. 
Actually, let's do Evan Neal first because I have a question for you when it comes to what Houston should do at three. But let's get to Evan Neal. Evan Neal was the first real offensive lineman that we started talking about. And then Iki Aquanu came up. So break down Evan Neal for us, the tackle out of Alabama. He's really darn good. And the thing, the first thing that jumps off the page, he's a massive human being. Evan Neal is six foot seven, three hundred and thirty-seven pounds. Like he is a massive <laughs> Look at that picture. human being. Like, you know, so I mean, <laughs> he's just one of those guys. God don't make a whole lot of these, <laughs> and the ones he does make, they all seem to go to Alabama. So I mean, he fit right into that lineage. I mean, he's a huge guy. He's a plus athlete for a guy that's that big, which is amazing. I mean, you look at him, his versatility is the first thing that's jumped off the page. He's been a SEC elite caliber starter at multiple positions during his career at uh, Alabama. He's always been an above average, play, above average player. When, when you look at him, a right guard, he's above average. Right tackle, above average. Left guard, left tackle. So I think the thing with Evan Neal is he's almost like one of those can't-miss guys. And that you've seen him play multiple positions, men his size that move like him. There are not a whole lot of those kind of people in the world, you know. So you know what you're getting. I will say the one thing that kind of is concerning, but not such that it would overrule me, he's battled weight issues. Mm. So you just always in the back of your mind, okay, and, I, and listen, I know Alabama's paying players. I, and they call it NIL now, but come on, Nick Saban's not that good of a recruiter. <laughs> <laughs> they got number one class every year. But what happens when you get the big money for the big guys that have battled weight issues? You know, are, are they disciplined enough to to do the right things from a diet standpoint? But, uh, I mean, he's a can't-miss guy. If, you, if, you, if, if ultimately Jacksonville took Evan Neal, number one, I would not blink an eye. Mm. If Evan Neal went before Icky Awanu, I would not blink an eye. I think Icky has a higher upside because I think he's a better athlete. Surprisingly, Icky also plays a more consistently violent style of football. But Evan Neal's going to be a plug-and-play guy day one. You can fit him wherever you have a deficiency on that line. You're probably only going to draft guys that you think can play left tackle you know, or right tackle when you're talking top five, top ten picks. But, I mean, the Alabama O-lineman, he's the real deal. You know, uh, I didn't have any issues with him from a performance standpoint. You know, if you're really trying to decide between, you know, Icky or Evan, you know, do you want the more athletic guy with the higher upside or do you want the guy that's just a massive human being that you can move around? And if he happens to not be able to hack it at left tackle, he can easily bump inside. He's already proven that he can do that. Imagine (laughs) he started a guard in college. Two. Oh, that's ridiculous. Six seven, three thirty. They're loaded. At guard? Yeah. Sanity. I think they had Landon, him, Leatherwood, like Well, who was oh. the the center was uh Dickinson? Dickinson, yeah. Like all those guys in the If he didn't tear his ACL, he would have been a first round pick too last year. Um okay, so the Texans you were gonna ask. Me. Yeah, so I, I think it's fair to say, at least at this point, Jaguars are likely going. Aiden Hutchinson. That's the odds, mm-hmm. minus three dollars uh, or so. The Lions, a little more question marks. Do they go with Trevon Walker? That's what most mocks have, have, uh, are suggesting now, Sean. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would go that way if yes. you were Detroit. So once again, let's just play this scenario out. Hutchinson goes one. Mm-hmm. 
at two, you go Walker over either guard. Or sorry, either over either. So tackle. I'd have to sleep on this one, but man, Icky's such a big personality on a team that really doesn't have a national brand. I mean, he's that guy. Like he's like that Shaq. You know, Shaq, there were a lot of great centers. You sure. know, David Robinson, great player, yeah, boring. Yeah. You know, Hakeem Elijah, great player. You know, he never really off the court, yeah. you know, assumed the man. Right, right. Like, to me, Icky's Shaq. You know, he's a big guy, but people love him. You know, he's going the impact in the locker room, the impact in the community of Detroit, like the impact from a branding standpoint on a national scale. I just think there's so many positives. I might still go Icky at two if Trevon Walker was available. Okay. And I think the world of Trevon Walker. Yeah. And I think if Jacksonville doesn't pair him with Josh Allen, they're making a huge mistake. So, if, for argument's sake, it is Houston at three and they're deciding between Neil or Aquanu, new head coach, I'm Levy Smith, Aquanu. you're going Icky Aquanu. Yeah. So, once again, I know you just broke those two guys down, but what sets Aquanu? He's a better athlete. And, that's, and he's a special athlete. And even though – so, when I say special athlete, I mean – a big guy that's 300-plus pounds that can change direction in space. He blocks second- and third-level defenders in space. He also attaches and dominates the big guys. He's violent the way he plays the game of football, and that's what you want and need in your offensive lineman. Evan Neal, probably better fundamentally on a more consistent basis, bigger body type, not the same athlete, doesn't play always with the same physicality. As Icky. Who's a bigger risk? Neither. There you go. Neither. So both, I, I would think that the Texans and the Jets have to be pretty happy with with how this is unfolding. And, you know, you look at the Jets, they've got pick four and ten. And I would say this, I think the workout today by um, Stingley is great news for the Jets. Because there were thoughts that maybe they go Sauce Gardner at four. Mm -hmm. I think if you're the Jets and one of these offensive linemen is there, don't you think you have to take one of them? You just drafted, you know. Uh, I'd have to look at the Jets Wilson. roster. Um, because Derek but they do have two picks. I just feel like they have to get a difference maker at receiver with one of these first picks. And you probably could have taken. Yeah. You could probably get Garrett Wilson or Drake. London so then I'm just hesitant to say because I don't know exactly. I haven't done my breakdown of the Jets and what their biggest issues. I know but last year you, but you always they say, were decimated on their front seven on defense through injury. But you always say at this height of the draft, you got to get the best player. Absolutely. But what I'm saying is there are elite guys at, at multiple positions. So they drafted – so the Jets two years ago drafted Becton. He's a left tackle. Right. So he's very good. Makai. Um then they uh, traded up last year to get Vera Tucker, the guard out of USC. So you're probably not going to put another draft asset, especially a high one. But you've got right tackle there. Uh, but when you've invested two in the last two years and they both are, are producing, first round you've got to have some deficiencies in other places that you can fill. But if you've got, as you pointed out, so if they go, if but if you've got a can't miss, I mean, if your board is, you know, right. those two edge rushers, those but two Sauce Gardner, in my opinion, is a can't miss. True. With his length, his size, his production. I mean, so you're getting that, which you desperately need. 
And then at 10, you got to go receiver, in my opinion. You got to have those receivers ranked. And you got to get Zach Wilson some 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 weapons. Or else, how do you evaluate him fairly? I, I, the Jets are very interesting to me because I feel like at four, you can shore up your right side of your line because the right side of the line is George Fant and Lakin Tomlinson. He's got to have somebody to throw to. True. And they got to be able to cover. But they – I mean, look what Miami just went out and did. But you – but – I'd be Miami so, just added Tyreek Hill, right? Yeah. Yeah, Buffalo's in that division, right? They just gave Stephon Diggs hundred million. But you could but couldn't you get Evan Neal, plug and play, potential all pro tackle on the right side, aligned with Makai Becton, and then you get, you know, uh Garrett Wilson at ten or or Drake London at ten. Yeah. Not bad. But now you still got an issue on defense because you haven't got a corner yet. But you have the first, you know, you could get one of those. It all could because there's some pretty good corners. All right. More on the offensive linemen, uh, including Charles Cross. Could he be a top 10 pick? We'll get Sean's thoughts on the other big name offensive linemen tonight. Kevin. This is the nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Draft like no other, wine like no other. Play free during the PGA Tour with Naomi. Dare to play unrivaled golf series. Enter five free contests to take your shot at a share of 25000 bucks in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Mayomi. Now to join the action, Mayomi, flavor forward. 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly alongside Sean King. I am Tim Murray. You know, Sean, I thought we were going to get that uh, four goal comeback. Yeah. The golden Knights didn't quite didn't do it. Live up to expectation tonight, but that's why they're a borderline playoff team. And it's interesting because this is the first time that this community, this city has experienced the Knights not being, you know, know, not just a playoff caliber team, but also like an, an elite hockey team, but they got some issues. They got to get better in goal. You know, not having stone available, I think is a, is a, a big issue, so they gotta figure it out. I told you that Phoenix would cover the second half. Did they? Yeah, they're up. They're winning this the second. Within ten, they're only down ten. They were down. How much time's left? Uh, three minutes to go. I told you, four minutes left in the fourth is when you start looking at the NBA score. Otherwise, it's just they've it's out- just trying to give yourself an early stroke. They've outscored the Clippers by nineteen in the second half. They what were, were the Knicks up today on the Nets? Twenty something, and they yeah. lost by twelve. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Clippers are gonna win. Uh, but they led 60 to 31 at the half, and the Suns were only two and a half point favorites in the second half. Uh, I saw Doug Kazarian tweet out, play the over second half team total, and that hit too. So uh, 63 points so far in the second half. I'm convinced the NBA uses like different basketballs from one half to the next. And like each half, like one of the teams has like a magnet in the ball, won't let it go in the rim. So um, before we get to the other offensive linemen, so far we've broken down Iki Aquanu, Evan, Evan Neal, the big fella, and you have Aquanu, number one, Evan Neal, number two, but you massive individual, almost one A one B. Yeah, you're not gonna go wrong either way. Like if I was a beat reporter for any team, I would not criticize, ridicule, or have any disparaging comments about taking Evan Neal or Iki Aquanu. So I think they're both day one starters. I just think Aquanu has a slightly higher ceiling as to from a legacy. Hall of Fame, 
kind of platform where he can grow into. But I think Evans probably sealing his, you know, rock solid starter plug and play guy. So uh, Ian tweeted us and he said, "Here's a thought: the Saints, as they remember, they acquired one of the Eagles' first uh, Eagles' two first round picks, use them to trade up and uh, to into the first round and take either Pickett or Willis." So that is a thought. So the Saints currently have 16 and 18. Uh, there are some beliefs that uh, I believe if you use the trade of value um, breakdown, that the Saints, if they package their two first-round picks, could get up to number five, jump in front of the Panthers, and then have their pick of a quarterback. But there's also thoughts out there, Sean, that New Orleans believes they're close and that just wants to get two quality players there at 16 and 19. If Sean Payton was still the head coach, then I think that scenario probably makes a little more sense. But Dennis Allen is not drafting the quarterback of the future. Dennis Allen wants to win. Right. He wants to remain the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. And, you know, with the picks that they have, they have an opportunity to fill some holes. You know, they lost their Pro Bowl safety and free agency. So they could go safety. They could go offensive lineman. They lost to Randall. To Ryan Armstead to the uh, Miami Dolphins, and they also have to show up the receiver position. Yeah, you could get really, you know. Solid hopefully, Michael Thomas is back, you know, from his missing last season. But if you want to get Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton, whoever ends up being the day one quarter starting quarterback, a, a fair shot, then you have to get better. You know, you have Alvin Kamara sitting there, but you know, it, it, it's Thomas and then basically nothing at receiver. So I think those two picks are to show up the O line and the receiver position. All right, let's get to the other. Uh, big Charles Cross. So real quickly, before we get into Charles Cross, how big is the drop-off from Aquanu and Neal? To so Cross? if Aquanu and Neal are 1A, 1B, Cross is right there. He's a strong 2C. Okay. But I still have a first-round grade on the Mississippi State offensive tackle. The great thing about Cross, he's the technician of the group. From a size standpoint, he's in between, you know, Neal and Icky. He's 6'5", 307, so he's big enough. But he comes from that offense with Mike Leach, where they're always in pass protection. And so he's a technician. His kick, his movements, he's so fundamentally sound. Like He's going to be a guy that you don't really have to develop. You know, he shows great punch at the point of attack. You know, he's playing in the best conference for quality football that you can find, which is the SEC, and he's in the SEC West. So he's having to block those defensive lines from Alabama, LSU, you know, so forth and so on, you know, just to – you know, put great production out there, you're blocking guys like Trayvon Walker. So, I mean, he's going to be NBA ready. I mean, NFL ready. And the only downside to him is he's not a plus athlete. So he's what you would think you would see when you say O-lineman. Like, he's kind of that guy. He's walking through the cafeteria, you know, through the yards. Jeans aren't tight, but, you know, they don't fit great either, you know. So he's one of those body types. But, I mean, he's, he's elite. You know, in pass protection. So he's a plug and play guy. He's the last offensive lineman that I have a first round grade on for this draft. So the three that I, ha- I think should go in the first round Charles Cross, Evan Neal, Ikiwano. There will be more selected than just those three. All right, let's get to uh, so Charles Cross, you have a first round grade on. Uh, what about Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa? So I like Trevor Penning. Uh, great measurable, 6'7, 324 pounds. He's actually a plus athlete because he's not a guy that's been a big fella long. Trevor Penning has put on 100 pounds since he enrolled in Northern Iowa. Think about that. He's 324. He, when he, his first day on campus at Northern Iowa was 224 pounds. Huh. His last day on campus would be 324. I don't know 
you know, what kind of corn they're growing, you know, in the northern parts of Iowa. But obviously, you know, it puts weight on you, which I don't need any of that. I need to go somewhere where the corn <laughs> helps them drop a few. But I like him. I think he's a plus athlete. He plays with a mean streak. He's one of those guys when the defender's on the ground, he puts an extra push in the head. You know, I just wonder about the level of competition coming from northern Iowa. Mm. I mean, that's a drastic change. You know, from who he's playing against in Northern Iowa to what's going to be coming off the edge in the National Football League. And because of that, you know, I think it's going to take him a little time to adjust. There's nothing wrong with that. But when we're talking first round, I'm looking for impact. I'm looking for right now. I'm looking for high ceiling. You know, I'm looking for, you know, home run caliber, you know, type picks. And, and I just think Trevor is not that with somebody because of his size and the way you project, you know, his improvement to get once he gets into an NFL bubble. You know, from a coaching standpoint, from a nutrition standpoint, from a strength and conditioning standpoint, I mean, he probably could develop into, you know, a, a, a starter, you know, if not this year, then definitely next year. All right, let's get to a couple other names that you've got. That Kenyon Green. First. Kenyon Green, you haven't heard a lot about him. He's mm-hmm. the offensive guard from Texas a and He's what I call a people mover. See, football is a violent physical game. It's a situation where you have to convince another man that where he's at is not where he's supposed to be. You have to take him and put him somewhere else, and Kenyon Green does that time and time again on film. Now, I don't have a first-round grade on Kenyon because I probably would not select draft a guard or center. Same reason I don't have a first-round grade on Tyler. Uh, I think it's Linder. Linderbaum. Linderbaum from uh, Iowa. Yep. I just – I'm trying to hit home runs. I'm trying to find Hall of Fame players in the first round. I'm trying to find perennial Pro Bowl caliber players. I feel like I can get quality starters at center and guard in the later rounds. But I'm a big fan of Kenyon Green. He's a people mover. He's violent. He's great with his hands. You know, you watch the tape and some of the things that he did to people's children in games in the SEC. Uh, uh, it, it wasn't nice. I know there were some angry moms uh, after some of those contests. So Bruce Feldman's mock draft uh, had Green going to Tampa Bay with Ali Marpet uh, retiring. And with, losing uh, to the Bengals, right. Alex Kappa. So would that make sense? Absolutely, late, 100%. Late first round? 100%. And plug and play, you're in, you're in win-now mode. Mm-hmm. He's starting right away? Yes, Okay. And see, when you get to the end of the first round, teams can f- start filling needs because generally their roster mm-hmm. is better, you know, than the teams at the top of, of the draft. And they're generally destination spots for free agents. See, when you're talking New York Jets, when you're talking Detroit Lions, when you're talking these kind of teams, Tim, you have to hit home runs in the first round because free agents aren't going there. You know, they gave Tyreek Hill an option. Kansas City said we have the same deal yep, on Miami the table New York. from the Jets that we have from the Dolphins. And he chose Miami. And I think that's an issue for certain organizations where you're not going to get the high-end free agents because they just don't want to, you know, play for your organization. So you have to hit home runs in the draft. All right. One final player, uh, the guy out of uh, Central Michigan. Barnhard uh, Raymond. Yeah. Uh, he's an ex-tight end that kind of outgrew playing tight end. Uh, he's a developmental guy. He does some good stuff. You know, uh, for context, if you guys want to go watch the Central Michigan versus Missouri game, I think it was the first game of this past season. I mean, he held his own against SC level, you know, pass rushers. But, again, I get kind of wary, you know, because of the, the jump in competitive, you know, ability, you know, from Central Michigan, Northern Iowa. You're talking a first-round pick. Like, if I'm a GM, I'm not missing in the first round. Like, I think if you do a great job evaluating, you can get someone that has a high ceiling, but also their floor is high as well. So, you know, I, I like Barnhart. 
but I'm not looking at him in the first round. Not saying no one else will, but I wouldn't be. All right, there you have it. There's his breakdown of the top offensive linemen. We'll take a look at one prop regarding O-linemen and a recap of what we're playing for the Masters when we come back. Go Tigers! This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Opening day and the opening round of the Masters are the same day. That's tomorrow. Actually, today, if you're on the East Coast. So this week is, of course, quite jam-packed. We're going to have great betting intel from all our experts. And it's not too late to get your insight on the Masters from Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds, and Matt Newman. Sign up today. Get full access to VSIN to the start of the baseball season, the Masters, and the NFL Draft. 19 bucks, vsin.com slash spring. By the way, the Phoenix Suns, without Chris Paul, without DeAndre Ayton, without Devin Booker, had 31 points in the first half, Sean. They have 76 in the second half. I'll say you talked me off of. I didn't talk you. Hey, listen, you're a grown man, okay? <laughs> you can hit. Be- the Nikki Glaser podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser podcast. I said, "Tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting." Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On your app, just like I can. I'll say this. Decided to follow you on the nights. I was watching a G League game the other day. I don't know how. It's a lot of really, really good NBA caliber basketball players out there that you just don't know of. Like, I think the level of of ability in the NBA right now is at an all-time high. I really do. I, I don't think the next generation of stars has kind of separated themselves, but there are some really good basketball players. So the game is over. Clippers win. Suns cover, by the way. This game closed seven. Clippers win 113-109. Uh, Only favorite today in the NBA not to cover. And they were up by 29 at halftime. Wow. That's, that's rather rough. 78 points in the second half. For the Phoenix Suns. Oh, unbelievable. Uh, their bench really stepped up. Um, so, yeah, once again, no Booker, no Paul, no Aiden, no Crowder. And they dropped 78 in the second half. So I have a good friend of mine in studio today from Tampa. Uh, guy that I beat in golf all the time, Wade Baldwin. Well, his son. Is that true? His son is playing in, where's, where's uh, Spain? 
And I just thought of something. I, I, I wish he was here because he's one of these guys that thinks LeBron is better than Jordan. And I'd love to ask him right now, when is LeBron's first playoff game this year? That, that would just make my day. Well. <laughs> no, Ivy. Well, I, what I, I don't disagree, but what I would also ask is, what playoff games did uh, Jordan win in Washington? Oh, come on, man. That's not, that's not apples to apples. How is it not? Because. This is LeBron's 19th season. Yeah, but Jordan had to go to college. The times were different then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, could you imagine, though, for a moment, if LeBron was like, ah, I'm going to play baseball. How yeah. that would have been. How do you think that would have gone over if, in this day and age? Ah, yeah, that's take a year off. Play baseball. I don't think it would go so well. That's why it's only one mic, though. I know. Yeah. I, I agree. But I think we've spent, we spent so much time crapping on LeBron. I don't and, crap on and, LeBron. And don't accept the fact the that the only negative thing the, I will say ever about LeBron James is if somebody mentions him and Michael Jordan in the same breath. Other than that, I'm Team LeBron all the way. All right, I think that's fair. Right, I'm cool with that. All right, let's uh, let's wrap things up real quickly. So we just broke down the offensive lineman. The over under is seven and a half in the first round. You go in the first round. I'd be shocked. I kind of would be too. So yeah, let's I'd probably just, take the under. Let's go through the list. Neil, obviously, Aquanu, yeah. Cross, and then you get Pennings. Probably going to go first round. He's a project, yeah, but people are because of the size. Green, Six, seven three twenty four. Green. I love green. Green's a guard. Mm-hmm. Linderbaum. Okay, that's that's six. Then it's Zion Johnson, Tyler from Smith from Boston College. I didn't love him. I didn't think he was strong at the point Raman, of attack. Raymond. Yeah. I would say it feels like seven. So it all depends on. Okay, do people come into the end of the first round for Matt Coral and Sam Howell, or if Desmond Ritter's sitting there, is somebody moving into like those three quarterbacks to me will dictate if that. Offensive line number goes over or under seven and a half. So the under is the favorite at minus 140. The over uh, is the underdog at plus 110. I, I would say, look, it's never surprising, uh, especially like you said, towards the back end of a oh. of a draft or back end of a first round. Those teams are drafting a little bit more. Or if somebody really wants Jahan Dotson and he's sitting there from from Penn State, or you you, you know, it, it's it's sometimes. Inside the draft room, you have a guy. Let's say you have a player rated 11th. But somebody else might have him rated 30th. And you get into the end of the first round, and that player who you have as the 11th best player in the draft is available. So now, you know, you all gas, no breaks, you know, trying to make sure that you can secure what you think is a steal based on, you know, your internal evaluation. So to me, it's some of those kind of players. You know, what if Cal Hamilton is sitting there outside of the top 10? You know, are people trying to move up to take Cal, you know? So we'll see. You know, what if. You know, the Panthers take either Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, and we get in the mid-teens. And, and anybody after... And one of those quarterbacks. Right, available. yeah, you know, so... Yeah, I, I would... At this point, it would be surprising, a mild surprise, yeah, and that's I why... I go the, under. And that's why the odds are, yes, $1.40. All right, let's uh, let's wrap things up. Opening day tomorrow, uh, Scott Seidenberg coming up top of the hour. I'm sure Scott will have plenty of thoughts on opening day and uh, maybe some plays but also the Masters get going at 5 a.m. local time here in Vegas, 8 a.m. on the east. It was pouring rain uh, as we talked to Steve Sands uh, from the Golf Channel earlier tonight. Are you going to be on the right side of history? Uh, with Brooks Kepka winning? No, yeah. I no, mean, no, no, no. I, I, I want to give you one last opportunity. If I, Tiger's in contention Sunday and you don't have a win ticket on Tiger, you're just going to hate yourself. 
I'm not going to have a ticket on Tiger. That is the ultimate. This is why Tiger is so great. Ultimate sucker bet. Well, if if we were talking about anybody else but Tiger Woods, I'd agree the with you. The dude has not played competitive golf in 17 months, not because he was, you know, tired. He had a catastrophic leg injury, and now he has to walk four rounds, and he's going to be in the final pairing. Well, you know, mixed cultural kids, they heal differently. They <laughs> heal faster. He's 46, Sean. I'm just telling you. All right, you play your ticket. And enjoy that donation to the sports book. If here. Tiger wins, I'll make sure that the public knows you're on the wrong side you of can, history. Fine. I will. That's a risk I'm willing to take. Such an elitist. How am I an elitist? You are. What does that even mean? Brooks. Who names her son Brooks? I don't know. I just thought that was like a, a character in Shawshank Redemption or something. Like, I didn't know anybody like really. Brooks. Oh, he looks like Where a Where do books. you go every night after these shows? I go to my high-end cigar lounge, yeah, okay. and we and, solve the world's problems. And you problems. called me an elitist? Oh, I was just... Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, can you give your bets other than... Uh, okay, so if you guys than, want to win the Masters... Other than you're wasting money on Tiger? First of all, you have to be on the right side of history, people. You don't want to be the person that did not back Tiger Woods when he changed history. Because basically, if he comes back off, as you say, the catastrophic injury, and he finds a way to win the Masters. There is without question no argument ever again about who the single greatest golfer in the history of golf is. It won't matter about number of majors or any of the other metric-based ways that people evaluate you know, him compared to Jack Nicklaus and, and others. Are you really going to yes. put a bet on Tiger? I already have. You, come on, man. Bet him to, like, make the cut at plus 120. That's Stop funny. talking. I'm going to tell the people. So if Tiger doesn't show Don't up. Don't waste your money. And I'm not saying it's likely that he's going to win. I'm just saying you want to be on the right side of history. There are six golfers that I think have a shot all 20 to 1 or higher. I think Justin Thomas is rounded in a good form. I actually like Brooks Kapka, even though I don't love his first name. Uh, Will Zalatoris is always kind of right there. You know, maybe this is, you know, when he breaks through. Uh, Shane Lowry's playing. He's in good form. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, and my long shot is Luke List. I'm telling you, Luke List is winning the 2022 Masters. How are him and Tiger winning it? Well, I'm just, I'm on Tiger just because, you know, I'm a brother, I'm going to support the brother. <laughs> I wish they could, I wish they could put the amount of minority viewers that will be watching the Masters on tomorrow just based on the fact that Tiger's playing. Like in all the barbershops in America, like the Masters. We'll be on the TV tomorrow. Got a streaming, unfortunately. Yeah, well, plus, trust me, they got streaming. No, uh, no I'm, I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying <laughs> we won't be able to watch it. They're not paying for cable. Um, I do have a bet on him to miss the cut <laughs> at plus 120. Hater. Uh, <laughs> like, not picking him to win one enough. You don't want him to make the cut. You're such <laughs> He's a now hater. a favorite. You're such He's a now hater. a favorite to miss the cut. Uh, but I do have bets on Brooks Kepka to win it. Uh, he has been playing well. He said as the healthiest he's been. In five years, of course, he missed the cut last year. Uh, but I have a top 10 at plus 195. You actually get a better price on that here at Circa now. Uh, uh, Kepka outright around 22 to 1. I've got Louis Oosthuizen top 10 plus 335. Uh, Dustin Johnson. You know, I will take your uh, knowledge over Steve Sands, who covers golf for a living, who just said his trifecta is Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith. And so Louis you Oosthuizen. think I'm going to back a guy that just on our show said he hates me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I say that every day. But you don't mean it. You just do not express love, you know. <laughs> Maybe that's what Steve thinks, too. Uh, Dustin Johnson, top 10 and outright. And then my long shot is uh, Mark Leishman uh, took him 
at a flyer at 75. Yeah, like a communist. Like these one. guys aren't even Americans. Who's housing, Leachman. You like any American golfers? Yeah, Brooks Kepka and Jeez. Justin Johnson. They're both Americans. They'll deport you. You done? Yeah, man. God, he's going on vacation. Great show. Thank God. All right, Scott Seidenberg is coming up next. No, no, uh, Sean for two more days. Thank God. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.